All right, guys, welcome to episode 52. We've titled this episode Feminist God. Uh, this uh, might sound like clickbait to you, um, but uh, continue listening on. You might uh, find some things interesting, you might even learn something here. On this episode, I sit down with one of my favorite people to have these sorts of conversations with. His name is Zach Yarbrough. He, we titled this episode Feminist God uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I decided when I started doing these interviews that I wanted to give the people that I interviewed the freedom uh, to participate in this episode beyond just the interview. Um, this is their story. It's, it's not mine. And I'm just trying to bring this out and and in and, and doing so, there are lots of things that are happening uh, under the surface. But one of those things is I wanted to give them freedom to be able to, you know, title this, uh, give a give a an explanation, you know, help paint a picture of what's going on here from their perspective. And so uh, the reason why it's titled Feminist God, number one, is, well, that's the title we worked together and we chose. Um, because it's their, it's his, it's his story here. And uh, but secondly, I like it because it really taps into what I believe is God's perspective of people, um, specifically of women, and and how God's perspective is of women. It, it's not bound by the limitations of our own perspectives, um, especially as men in a society that views this maleness as being far superior. And uh, since it is superior, then you know we we have it, it does it it, it does shape um, how we see God, uh, and then it in a lot of ways it justifies us in how we act and respond specifically to women, but in, in lots of situations. And so, man, this this really taps a nerve, I think. And uh, uh, there's lots of conversations that need to be had, and and I'm hoping that maybe this might be a catalyst to some of that, and maybe in your life. Uh, but I love this title. Uh, I've gathered much from Zach's story, and I hope you do as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Zach's from West Texas, um, a little town called Buffalo Gap. Um, just think of Abilene in, in the middle of <laughs> south of Abilene, in the middle of nowhere. Um, so Accurate. tell us about your life from there, your family life, uh, what that looked like for you. Um, and uh, how were you introduced to God, and uh, just kind of uh, your perspective from a child? Sure. Uh, so, growing up, uh, I, like he said, it was a very small town, West Texas. Um, I lived with my family, my my mother and father, and then uh, there were three of us kids, of which I am the youngest. Uh, I was introduced to the church, uh, actually through family, and um, in a very real sense, the family was the church. We were all uh, together on Sundays at an even smaller town uh, called Nolan, Texas, which is where my, um, my dad's parents, my grandparents, that's where they lived, and that's um, where my dad did a lot of his growing up. And... Um, Whenever I say family and church, it was literally that we would we would meet. It would be my my grandparents, my my family, and then my dad's brothers, so my aunts and uncles uh, and their children. So on a good day, we had maybe fourteen, uh, twenty with visitors. So if if there was um, a very insular church community. I, I grew up in that it. That was one, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, and so um, for people who don't know, um, so you grew up in Buffalo Gap, but Nolan was even further west. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. South, south and west. Um, the well, at one time it was county seat of Nolan, so it used to, you know Nolan County, Nolan. Um, it's south of Sweetwater, so for us, um, it took about forty-five minutes to drive on a Sunday morning to reach the building. Uh, and the kind of interesting thing there is the the <laughs> the population of Nolan, I think, at this time was less than 100. Now, what that really means is that it was just very diffuse. It was spread out all over. Most people were in agri- agriculture in some form or fashion, whether it was livestock or farming, and oh, or sometimes both. Um, and they they didn't have a lot of people living locally. What was interesting about Nolan, though, is uh, it mainly, at the point that I came along, consisted of just a few buildings. There was a, a very small uh, store. There was a post office, a um, a series of church buildings. <laughs> there were there were three. There were the Methodist, Baptist, and the Church of Christ. And um, my grandfather actually, whenever they moved to Nolan. Uh, felt it was important that they establish themselves in the community, so they they built a church building. So they're they're, they're the uh, establishers and 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 starters of the Church of Christ in in Nolan, Texas. So stars of the frontier, right? Yep. Um, so okay, so this is a unique situation because you live in Buffalo Buffalo Gap. Every Sunday, just about right, you guys would drive mm-hmm. like what an hour or so. To, to Nolan, right? To go to church, yep, and it's all family. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, <laughs> I mean, every time I think about it, I just think of wow, just just wow, what those experiences must have been like. Um, very very insulated from a a Christian faith community church, you know, aspect. Yeah. Um, so at least for our culture, okay, let's just say that. So help us understand your experiences. In that environment, uh, and what impression that that gave you uh, of God, the, the the mental visualization that ultimately began to form, and maybe sure. even how that progressed. Yeah. So, whenever I mean, and this is speaking only from my personal experience, uh, but whenever you're in an environment like that, you aren't necessarily uh, specifically taught a lot of things, but you learn them. And what I learned <laughs> was that. That uh, if anything needs to be discussed or or handled, then it happens on a Sunday morning, whenever there's this kind of uh, immunity from from discourse or disagreement. Everything is said from the front of the the building, and that person has basically the the final say in a way. I mean, granted, there are there are checks and balances. The the key aspect there was my grandfather he kind of ran the show and you just you can imagine yeah (laughs) you can imagine now uh, that that chapter of my life uh was from me being born to about the time i was uh 11 or 12 years old so for all of that time um i i 
didn't understand really what other churches were like because I, I hadn't been exposed to a whole lot else. I had visited other congregations. My my mom's parents were Baptists, and they they had a very active role in their congregation, but they were even farther south and west in a town called Blackwell. And um, so I had some exposure, but for the most part, it was all very... Um, the the idea was that every issue could be solved by you know referring to scripture and mm-hmm. and 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 that was kind of the the way that people handled issues yeah and unfortunately what that meant was because the way that the church is structured often in the church of Christ uh, women don't have a lot of say or input in that process because they're not allowed to get up and talk. They're not allowed to um, say a prayer. They're not allowed to lead singing. They're not allowed to even serve communion, which if we're constantly telling them that there should be serving things, then why aren't they allowed to serve the communion? I digress. That's neither here nor there. Essentially, what I learned was that men had the authority and... God's word is absolute, and you can find any answer to any question you have within. And Sundays were kind of a, um, like I said, I, I didn't, I wasn't taught this, but I learned it that Sunday wasn't so much about worshiping God and 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 trying to really excite ourselves or improve ourselves. It was more about maintaining the status. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I viewed it as was just kind of like the stabilizing mm-hmm. force in the in our lives, which can be good, but taken to the extreme, which I feel like it was, um, it can be it can be harmful. It yeah. can be very harmful. So when it comes to uh, a pre adolescent, you know, youth such as myself growing up in that environment. Um, I would definitely be interested to hear what my siblings um, or my cousins would have to say about yeah. how they viewed God at that particular yeah. time. But for me, and probably because it was preached a lot, was Old Testament mm. kind of um, the imagery that's there. Yeah. So I had, I had been conditioned, I guess, to view God as as kind of this awesome, terrible power. And I didn't feel like a man really summed that up. It was more about the the column of fire and the cloud of smoke and just the just almost like he couldn't be bothered showing himself. So he just gave us these little tastes and, and is basically as a little bit of a warning mm-hmm. of, you know, this is this is just a little bit of what I can do. I mean, you really yeah. you really wanna you really wanna see. And I mean we are we are told that and reminded of that quite frequently in scripture. It's like you can't even look at God and come away right normal or unchanged sure, right. from that situation. Like you know, yeah. like we can't imagine that so i i kind of latched on that idea so it's like trying to trying to see god trying to imagine god is a is it's impossible Mm -hmm. because we couldn't we couldn't Mm -hmm. handle it Mm -hmm. so i latched on to the very like physical visceral kind of threatening imposing aspects of it not that i believed god to be um 
malicious in any way or 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 heavy-handed sure. or anything like that it's just i had a very i'd say a very healthy fear of of god and and what he what god is capable of okay and at that and, and at that point for me it was very much a masculine persona okay, okay. and again that's probably largely influenced by the environment sure yeah yeah so um it just it's still fast okay i can i i can now look look into that just as an outsider um and definitely see how that environment would have reinforced um these ideas whether right or wrong it's it's really irrelevant here um i mean you church's family wow what a Man, I'd really like to. Di- we're gonna have that's another that's another episode. We're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to get into you know, we have to get into what uh, what that environment really you know was like and uh, you know what that does to a person's worldview at least during that time frame and what it did to yours as well. It'd be an interesting conversation. I have lots of questions about that. Um, we'll have to explore that, investigate that more later. Okay, so you have this environment where it's family. Um, and that really is what you know of church. It's uh, essentially the way that you know it. Uh, it is structured the way it handles it handles itself. You have uh, so so from from one perspective, I think you could say that if so, if, the, if there were issues in the family, it would be resolved from the pulpit, and you know at least to some point. That's very much what I learned. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, when did your grandfather? When did he pass? Well, um, I I remember, and I may be a little off on this, but I was 12, I believe. So that was in 98. He had a, a, a massive stroke, okay. I think a series of, of them actually. And that left him fairly well debilitated. Okay. And he had kind of been the, the stabilizing force in all of that. Uh, like I said, he's he's the one that saw to the building of the building, and I'm fairly certain that they did it with their own hands. They literally built wow, the building, yeah, they financed yeah. it, they did yeah. everything. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at that, it's it's very impressive. But um, he, I don't know how long he was in the hospital. He was actually put on long term care essentially in mm-hmm. hospice and um it might have been a couple of months i don't i don't I, the times kind of eh, everything's a little chopped up from that from that mm-hmm. point in my life but it seemed like a very long time i mean and that might be extended or kind of drug out because all of the drama and the things that changed just eh, pretty much overnight whenever that happened oh um you know, like I said, if he he was kind of the the one holding it all together, then you know that's not there anymore. So what what happens? What yeah. becomes of it? And um, it was it was a it was a difficult time, I think, for everybody because for you know decades that had been the normal, that yeah. had been the thing, sure, and sure. that's that's just how it was. Yeah. So um, whenever he whenever he passed, um, my my dad had suffered, I mean, the family had suffered a loss. Uh, one, of, one of my dad's brothers had passed away 
and that was just a, a couple years prior. And um, I think that definitely had a, a big part, uh, you know, in, in kind of the the collapse or the the disintegration of of the church as mm-hmm. we as we knew it in Nolan, Texas, because. Um, you know, already you've, you've, you've lost a, a leader and uh, a brother and an uncle and, and, yeah, yeah. and the, my aunt, uh, the, my, my deceased uncle's wife, she, she stayed around. She stayed involved. She, they had two girls and they were, you know, they were still present and there, but, um, yeah, that, that, that was kind of the precursor. But then when finally, you know, my, my grandfather died, that was kind of the the last the last thing. Yeah, you know, that was the tipping point. So, how long did it take after he passed for things to close down? Well, um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of things happened. Um, along with the uh, closure of the church, which. It it was definitely within a year. Okay, I wow. I can't yeah. I can't recall exactly, wow. but it it didn't it didn't take long. Oh, um, and you know if I if I'm misremembering this, I apologize. But um, I, I want to say it was within the year, and then you know along with that, many other changes. Like my parents, they separated. I mean, and it okay. was it was like yeah. a lot of a lot of change yeah. in a very short yeah. amount of time, yeah. and a lot of it seemed like it had to do with my granddad, and therefore kind of the church okay. as well. Yeah. Wow. So okay. <sighs> mm. Um. I can relate to that. Lots of things. Something. Something happens. It changes, and then. There's almost like a domino effect, right? Because right. you don't realize, uh, I guess, in the moments you don't realize how connected these things were and how integrated lots of lots of things in your life were, whether they were good or bad, problems, you know, stressors, uh, things of that nature. So you have this environment that you were raised in. Uh, how old were you when your grandfather passed? Twelve, you said. Twelve. Yeah, like yeah. That? I don't think I'd made it to thirteen yet. Okay. Okay. So um, it was. Okay, from an outsider looking in, um, you have this insulated environment you were raised in. It's almost completely family, for the except for the occasion of visitors. But let's just kind of rule that out because they're not really into the life of that church, right? Yeah. So you have family. It's a family-organized, uh, run, family community, family family church, um, and you. Know, so when, there, when there are problems, the problems are not with you know people who don't necessarily know each other very well. These this is family, this is blood, right? Mm-hmm. So that adds a, another layer of depthness to this. Uh, and in some some cases, you, I could see how that the pain would run deep in some ways. The stressors are definitely there in that sort of environment. If there are problems, it's handled from the pulpit essentially, right? Um, uh, wow. And so as a child growing up in this environment, that's what you know. It's it's very insulated. Um, you know, I can only imagine not much exploration. If you had questions, ability to ask those questions. Well, who, would I, who would I ask? Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to either my dad, granddad, or my uncles preach. Um, 
and and you know there I didn't I don't know if I'm sure I had questions sure but yeah. I I do not remember ever having having a religious conversation with any of them right which is just in hindsight it's very odd yeah so it wouldn't have been an environment that would foster ideas the investigating you know questions yeah um, just exploring other options perspectives opportunities right yeah and and as a as a male um i'm i'm you know i i grew up with the understanding that someday i would be the one that was doing these things sure so um it was kind of up to me to absorb what i was being taught and then you know someday be the one that's in charge of dispersing the information as it were but um you know we can we can get into this a bit later but i can't imagine um i've tried what it would be like to be my my grandmother or my mom sure. or my aunt yeah. or my female cousins right you know like you know just knowing that there is no role there's no place for you in this mm-hmm. in this construction mm-hmm. that we have made that is the that is the church yeah so man what did what did this environment do um for your perspective, understanding of, of God and what like what was the point of it all? Like what did you think the point of what you guys were doing? What did you think what did you think the point was? Again, um I I learned. I can't say that I was taught explicitly, but I learned that um you absolutely you absolutely needed God. And that's that's very true. It's very accurate. It's very beneficial. And that's that was my primary takeaway. Why you needed God, though, um, I feel like that understanding for me has changed a great deal. Um, for for me and my understanding at the time, it was very much about avoiding bad things and hell than it, more so than having good things and experiencing joy. Okay. Yeah. You know, it was it was not I mean it it again, this is what I this is what I came away with, but it was it wasn't so much about the excitement of of fulfilling God's purpose and someday being in an existence that surpasses all that we could imagine i.e. heaven or whatever we want to call it, having that direct communion with God, that wasn't the goal. Yeah. It was not hell. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and there was kind of this self-loathing that was involved of, you know, very much, very much woe, woe to me. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I very specifically remember um, in Isaiah... Like that, that, that kind of encapsulates, like when I've given more thought to it, that encapsulates my perception of God. So whenever he, whenever he's called and he approaches and he doesn't even, he just sees a little bit, yeah. just a little bit, the feet essentially mm-hmm. of God and the, all of the trappings of God's majesty in the corporeal realm mm-hmm. sees that and he's just like, nope, can't, <laughs> nope. 
can't handle it. Sure. I can't even talk right now. You know, like right. that idea yeah. of just like, I, yeah, like I can't. Yeah. Um, that, that is something that, that stuck with me. And that, that was kind of the, the thing that I grabbed onto is just like, I don't really understand who I'm messing with really yeah, when it yeah. comes down to it. So I better do what he says mm-hmm. or do what mm-hmm. they say or, sure. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I have to make sure because I don't want any of that. Yeah. You know, that right. was, that was very much the thing for me. Right. And I mean, I remember good messages, healthy, mm-hmm. beneficial method messages being discussed and brought. Um, but at the end of the day, it was always laced with a little bit of, you know, you better watch out. Did you think you could trust God? <sighs> like, okay, so just from where you are now and your now more mature concept of what trust is, looking back, do you think God was someone that you could trust? I can tell you that I absolutely believed in God. I knew with no doubt that God could do anything mm-hmm. that I could imagine. Mm-hmm. I could rely on Him to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where the disconnect was is why would God want to do whatever for me? Okay. So, I think whenever you're looking at a relationship, trust is, trust is something that is elusive and at times very fragile Mm -hmm. and... Particularly at that point, I felt like I was, you know, incapable, essentially, of being trusted. Therefore, okay. like what, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a strong relationship okay. there. Okay. Despite my belief, despite sure. what I knew, despite the fact that I had no doubt, mm-hmm. I still, that it wasn't a real relationship. Okay. So, I guess whenever you say trust, I knew that there were things that I could count on. But okay. I wouldn't say that's trust. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a more trust as I understand it now, and and to some extent then was uh, more about more about the relationship, and and I I could trust God to do the right thing. Okay. According to God, which may mean that I just you know I'm out of luck. Yeah. And I was I was in a position <laughs> to be okay with that. Okay. You know, and yeah. and I and that kind of that that teaches me something. I appreciate that, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that we could all deal. Well, we could all benefit from okay. in, in, in you know at least small doses. Yeah. Is that kind yeah. of understanding yeah. that that it's not about you, yeah. it's not about me, it's not about you know whatever it is we think we're going to accomplish, mm-hmm. but it's very much about God's understanding, mm-hmm. God's ability mm-hmm. to accomplish. That's what it is. Yeah. So, so did you? Let me ask you this: Did you think that God really loved you? What did you think about God's love, or was it even something you thought about? 
Like you think you really loved her? You know? Well, I'm going to give you another complicated answer. <laughs> love it. Bring it. The way that I saw love, uh-huh. what I believed love to be, which mm-hmm. was very much, like I said, coming from that Old Testament position yeah. of God's justice, God's righteousness, mm-hmm. God's awesomeness. It it gave me a good perspective. Mm-hmm. But that perspective then contributed to me feeling as if that is something that I shouldn't even expect okay. to be loved. Yeah. It's more about I'm I'm tolerated. Okay. And I am I am I should consider myself blessed in yeah. order, you know, because I have this family sure. who has this church yeah. and we have this understanding that not a lot of people have of God. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that is enough. I just need to make sure that I, you know, he, he know or God knows that I'm trying. That was, that was more what it was about than receiving love. Sure. Okay. And that speaks to my family's culture as well. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't purely a biblical teaching or learning. It sure. was it was very much about um, how my family kind of related to one another yeah. and how they interacted. And you know, without getting into the the depths of it, it's it's essentially it's very hard to get past mistakes, regardless of who mm-hmm. who makes them. Yeah, it was it was very difficult. So that that definitely, and even to this day, being aware of it, I still I still have a hard time um, knowing what I do about myself, accepting accepting love from other people mm-hmm. when they know. Yeah, about me. Yeah. That has definitely shaped the relationships that I've had. Um, it's made me a better friend, for sure. Yeah. Because I know how hard it is to get get past my stuff mm-hmm. and have a healthy, you know, God centered view of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I can I can I can help other people mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. So it's it's you know at the end of the day God has made it good, but it's it's taken a long time. Yeah. It's yeah. taken a long time to understand that that love is central. It's not something that's only talked about. Yeah. It is the yeah. thing. It right. is the motivation. Yes. 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 So I've made it there. Yes. And yes. I'm still yeah. I'm still going in that direction. Yeah. yeah. See that's. That's uh, that's something we have very similar with our own our own stories. Uh, okay, so Nolan's done. Church is is done. What was next for you? Well, um, <laughs> the nature of small town Texas. Um, you could you could liken Buffalo Gap to a metropolis if you're comparing it to <laughs> Nolan. So, despite the fact there were three congregations in Nolan. Uh, there were, I believe, four in Buffalo Gap. Oh. So uh, there was a variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the people that I went to school with were 
um, involved in the Baptist okay. church. And naturally, as a you know adolescent at this point, I want to be where my friends are. Sure. And I want to have the experiences that they do. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't... Um, didn't certainly didn't discourage me from participating in in church events, but you know there was always kind of that underlying tension uh, that you know be careful what you you believe. Sure, you know, always yeah. kind of be a little apprehensive about their teachings, and you yeah. know just be careful. Right, I think that was the the main thing that was said was mm-hmm. just be careful, and I know that that came from a good place. Sure. Um, but looking back on it, like I wasn't prompted to go to, um, to, I forget what they call it. You know, every youth group has a, a name, but uh, the Baptist youth meeting on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. I was the one that initiated that. I was the one saying, I want to go. Okay. I yeah. was the one saying, yeah. hey, will you take me? Right. And if they didn't, I'd just get on my bike and I could be there in like 10 minutes. So, right. um, that was a diff, that was a stark difference. Whereas on Sundays, there was no question. You, I remember, I, I distinctly remember having like 103 fever, lying on a church pew <laughs> with a with an ice pack, yeah, drinking orange juice Dang. in church. Dang. Like that was you. That's just you. That was that was it. Sunday. Yeah. That was it. So n- no longer having that kind of, um, if you want to call it restriction or expectation or whatever, that kind of loosened up a bit. Yeah. So at that point. It wasn't though as if I was like in charge of my um, religious development or spiritual development, but I certainly wasn't getting it at home. I okay. mean, my parents were at odds. Um, there, we had never had like family, like you know, our family, just us, uh, our nuclear families. Uh, we never had. Bible studies. We never had like prayer meetings. We never had devotionals. We never sang together. We didn't do any of that stuff. So it basically is like somebody turned off the tap and I'm, you know, trying to, you know, I I won't lie. Like there were cute girls there at the, at the youth group. And, you know, there was this cool, um, youth minister, which Mm -hmm. we never had. We didn't, we didn't have, you know, it was me, my cousins and my brother, Mm -hmm. basically the, the youth group. And like, you know, a lot of that was just something that I had never experienced before. So I was, yeah. I was, I was uh, eager to to experience all these things. Sure. And I, you know, I'll admit, first time we're singing and they pull out a guitar, I, I <laughs> kind of strange. I, I started climbing the walls. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't didn't really understand. Um, but it was it's such a good time. Like I'm I'm so grateful for for that congregation and those experiences mm-hmm. because. It was it was a definite stabilizing force for me, yeah. and I could see my childhood going a lot differently. Yeah, you know, so everything you know everything happened the way it did and was set up the way that it was, and that's just God working through it. So, how did that um, affect your image of God? Mm. I mean. Well, one of the things that we were encouraged to do as a part of this youth group was to to pray out loud mm. as a part of a group. 
And the first time, like, you know, you're sitting in a circle, you're all holding hands. And if it gets to you and you don't want to do anything, you just squeeze your, your person beside you and just pass, <laughs> pass it off, pass it along. Yeah, yeah. And it took me, I don't know how long before I could, could get up the courage to say anything. And I was, sitting, I was sitting in the circle with people that I knew had very little experience with the church or with God. And yet they had the boldness to say a prayer. Yet me, who had spent every Sunday in a congregation somewhere since having been born, couldn't talk out loud to God in front of other people. And not, I, don't, I don't know that I did at any point, even if I was alone. I don't, have, I don't have memories of that. So that should tell you kind of what my relationship was with God. Yeah. So it kind of, it didn't force me, but it definitely gave me a swift kick to, to experience and explore those kinds of things. Um, I remember, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember the time when I was, I'd psyched myself up for it. It was Wednesday. I was going to, <laughs> I was going and I knew we were going to sit in the, in the circle and we yeah. were going to say prayers yeah. and I was going to talk to God in front of other people. Oh yeah. And that was, that was a big deal. How'd it go? I <laughs> just blacked it out. So, <laughs> but I'm I'm sure I'm sure yeah. it was it was good. Yeah. So um, probably more thorough than they had been used to hearing because we can yeah. we can really let them let them go. And if I sure. know me, I was probably just kind of repeating stuff that I'd heard my whole life. So sure. yeah. I'm surprised they didn't put the other kids to sleep. Right. <laughs> so how long was this uh, this a part of your life? Uh, it's all, it's all a little bit fuzzy. Like yeah. I said, there's, there's some pretty big changes. My parents split. Uh, my mom still lives in Buffalo Gap, but she was on her own. Um, she was dealing with a lot of, a lot of stuff and it, it, it didn't start with the divorce. That was the, that was the end result of the, okay. of all of the things that had gone on. Yeah. And since she didn't have an outlet through all of that, um, she left it pretty broken. Okay. And even as a child, I remember, you know, it was kind of a more of an of a question of when and not if my parents okay. were going yeah. to get a divorce, unfortunately. Yeah. So there I was, kind of not on my own. I was living with my dad, but I knew my mom wasn't in a good place. I had that knowledge. I, I mean, I wouldn't have expected her to do anything. Yeah. So I would see her, even though we lived... You know, in the same small town, five minute bike ride away. I don't know. I I probably saw her a couple times a week, and um, that started. Well, I guess at the same time is is more of a coincidence. But um, I I then delved into the culture of online gaming, and that's kind of what shaped my teenage years and college years and mm. current years and yeah. <laughs> you know just that you know that that thing um is is what i you know began putting my time into yeah and that's kind of a that's a that's a different discussion but um that that pulled on me mm-hmm. and then like i said it was kind of up to me to determine if i was going to go to church as a teenager you know, so you can imagine, yeah. it's really easy to kind yeah. of put that off. So yeah. I feel like there for a while, it's just kind of things kind of 
put on hold. We did visit a, a larger congregation in Abilene, which okay. was still a closer drive than Nolan was. <laughs> so um, uh, that was it. Was basically like our congregation, except like a thousand people. Yeah, and um, they had a lot of the same teachings, and we knew a lot of the same people. We're kind of in the same network of churches, so it wasn't okay. it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, uh, to transition. Um, but, but never, never, we were never and never have been since a, a, as a family, a part of a congregation in the way that we were like it, once that was done, it was done. And, you know, because of the strict rules on, on eldership and what, you know, what you have to do or what you have to have done in order to be an elder, um, that basically disc, my dad still, I, I, I mean, I'm still fairly certain he is under that understanding that mm-hmm. since he has since he has been divorced, therefore it's disqualified him from any type of participation in the church on a Sunday. Okay, so he won't. You know, he's he he has mm-hmm. um, led a led a prayer in a congregation, but mm-hmm. as far as like you know, leading singing or preaching or anything like that, he he's pretty much just yeah um, let that let that go yeah. So, again, it speaks to, like, the severity of it and the seriousness of it and, like, mm-hmm. how, how they view yeah. and how we as a family view God's Word. Yeah. But there was definitely kind of this just crushed morale. Yeah. You know, it was just okay. like all this stuff just happened. Okay. And everything just kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of, we're all there. My sister had moved on. She was in college um, doing her thing. Um, my brother was in a pretty serious relationship with the girl he went to marry mm-hmm. and like they you know uh, so it was just kind of me hanging sure. out yeah. at home yeah. sitting on the computer by myself right. a lot so that 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 was kind of the my journey through all of that yeah. and where I ended up and how I ended up where I did yeah. spiritually alright guys that's gonna do it for part one of this interview be looking out for part two probably upload that uh, within the next week and uh, i hope you guys are enjoying this conversation there's more to come so we'll be looking forward to that and join us next time as we continue to explore becoming like jesus from the inside out <laughs>